Welcome to Highway Christian Community Sermon Downloads. For more sermons, please visit our website. We know you will be blessed as you listen. Take care and God bless. God can't ever be happier about you as a person than he is right now. That my spirit in my being, my soul, the inner man comes boldly into his presence and calls him father. Without guilt, without shame, without feeling condemned. Now my spirit feels that way. My soul feels that way. But what a great day it is when my mind, which is the key, opens up that gate and like shoppers rushing in on that what Black Friday, whatever that day is when you don't go to the pavilion that day. When those new creation realities come flooding your new created soul, what a great day of victory. What a great day of breakthrough. Amen. We're going to take up the morning offering. It is the end of the month. And um, I would like to pray for you. I'm sure all of you have your debts to honor and your clients to pay. And uh, would you pray for us here? Who believes that this is their church? Amen. (laughs) So if this is our church, this is our home, this is our family, let's be praying and asking the Lord that in this house the needs at the end of the month will be paid and honored in the same way it goes in our own home. Now it's a joy to bring our first fruits at the end of the month. It's something that, I mean, for many years it felt strange as a, a, someone who's paid from the church just to give back. It's like out of one account and then back in again. But ever since we, Janet's been running this little business and we're able to take money that was generated outside and put it in and honor God that way, you feel a sense of partnership. God is in this. God is in my finances. And God is in your finances. And never limit him to what you can understand. And we shouldn't, you, you know, for years uh, before we got a, a church salary, it would be something we did right up front. It was like we bring our first fruits and then we do our budgeting. But it seems like as the years have passed, a lot of people do their budgeting and what's left over, they say, I'll tip God on Sunday. And in that way, we're honoring God by bringing our first fruits. So as it is the end of the month, let's just take a moment and pause and pray and say, God, your word says to be a generous giver, to be a joyful giver. So will you give us, as we come to a new month, the faith that we need to step out in this regard? Can you pray with us? We're praying for ourselves. We're praying for our local church, praying for our homes. So just take your hand with your offering. And I know most of us give EFT, so just take your hand as a closed hand and just see your EFT and say, Lord, I thank you that you do meet our needs according to your glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Amen and amen. Thanks, guys, as you do that. Just to mention, God's cupboard is set up. Uh, As you walk in, the the groceries, what you buy, the money goes back into the kitty and replenishes so we can put boxes of groceries together and help some families here in the church. So please be mindful of that as you are every month. The cupboard is a little bit on the downside, I believe, Bev. Could be, uh, should be brimming to the to the roof. So let's remember uh, needy families in that regard. And then also, I'd, we mentioned last week that some folk are wanting to find out what it means to be part of this church. Some call it membership or whatever we call it. You became a member of the church when you got born again and you were baptized into His body. That's when you became a member of the church. But that. 
body has a local demonstration that's in a, a local church. And people like to find out, meet the leaders, hear the vision. And we said, so after the service, if, that's, if you've come for that, where I'm pointing, that small, the, the, the mother's room in the back left-hand side, not the one where we pray, that back left one there. If we can meet there just for a few minutes, there'll be a cup of coffee, so you don't have to go and get coffee first. Let's just go there for a few minutes straight after the service. Amen. Everyone's still enthusiastic. Those gates, they are opening. Amen. I feel like the gates in my own mind uh, have been opening. Uh, the, the subject on, on renewing the mind has been one I've come back to frequently over the last 30, 35 years. I think it's because I had so much of a battle myself with, with stinking thinking, with just negativity and with, with so many complex mindsets. And it's, it's like a record with, with scratches all over it. And, it just and it, I knew I had to work hard at getting my mind in line with the Word. And in more recent years, it's even become you know, more a, 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 of a challenge for me in helping people see that if we're going to make disciples, it is pivotal to what happened in our recreated spirit that our mind comes into alignment with that. Because what good is it if our in our soul, in our spirit, we have been made new creations. We have been made righteous. We have access to everything that Christ purchased on the cross for us. What does it help if we don't believe that? What does it help if we believe non-truths? And every day your mind is being flooded with, I've heard the number 60,000 thoughts, whatever it is. Thousands of thoughts are coming through our mind. We just assume that just because we thought it, it's the truth. Or because we thought it, it came to, from us. But just because a thought comes to us doesn't mean it came from us. There's also other demonic realms of... It's the, Satan is called the father of lies for a reason. That's his dominion. Or the, that's his weapon. And the mind is the battleground. His weapon is... Thoughts of failure, thoughts of negativity, thoughts of condemnation, thoughts that make you feel guilty and I just can't do it. And you'll never do what you don't think you can. And the moment we come into agreement with those thoughts, doesn't matter what Jesus did for us on the cross, if we agree with lies, they hold us in bondage. And we have to keep coming back to the subject. If we're going to take the Great Commission to make disciples seriously, it starts when they become new, born-again creations. But then comes a process where tr the truth of God's Word begins to replace the toxic lies and the toxic thoughts and complexes and inferiorities and guilt and shame that, that, that has etched itself into, into the hard drive of our minds gets renewed. And my friend, there's no other substitute than for the Word of God. The Word of God, the Scripture meditated on. The Scripture believed. The Scripture shared with others. Why do you think we're putting so much emphasis this year on, on, in discipleship? On It's not just for you to be, have your mind renewed. It's so that you know how to meet with someone else and help them to get their mind renewed. Discipleship doesn't stop at you and me. If that's if where it stopped, it would stop you on a Sunday. Then let's just quickly get our minds renewed and go to heaven and get this done with. But that's not why we're learning this. We're learning this because there are people in the world who believe the lies that bombard them daily. So I, I'm back at this topic again. I'm not going to apologize it because everything in life comes from our thinking. Everything starts with a thought. And if we allow thoughts that aren't true to just come and repercolate undetected our inheritance that we have in Christ can never be fully occupied. Amen. 
so a few scriptures so that you don't leave here thinking that I just made all this up in my mind. Renewing the mind to catch up with our new creation. I shared last week the first three things. We got through those. Anyone remember? Nothing impossible for God. God can work all things together for good. And this, is, and this shall come to pass. And we covered those. We looked and I said, come this week, I'll get through a few more. And I'm going to finish up next week. So it's a three-part. These are some lessons over the years I've, I've studied extensively on the subject. But things that have worked for me, things that I've taken and applied and kept in my journal and come back to from time to time. As soon as I feel like my thinking's getting stinking, I get back to some good truths. And by me sharing with, with you, I'm hoping that we go on a journey together. So this morning I want to share, because as he thinks in his heart, so is he. We have to take responsibility for the, what we let ourselves think and then how those words come out of our mouth. Because the words that come out of our mouth shows what's going on in our hearts. And if we're thinking something, it's not long before it becomes part of our language. And we can't blame other people for the way we think. We can't blame other people. We've got to take responsibility for ourselves. And if you pay attention to the, your way of Speaking and thinking, you'll soon find out where you need to be renewed. Amen? You get around people and you, after a while you hear what they continually talk about, you'll know that's an area where they need renewing. And you can help them by finding the word of God that's applicable to that situation. Amen? Four, what has been stored up in your heart will be heard in the overflow of your words. That's how serious this is. And then the final scripture out of the Passion Translation. Stop imitating the ideals and the opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in His eyes. Wow. You see, the culture of this world, the opinions of this world, are based on sense knowledge. They're based on limited resources. I, I mean, there's exceptions to those. I love reading the books of, of uh, Elon Musk and, and other possibility thinkers. Because even non, some non-Christians have tapped into to the reality that, that if, if we don't set limits then there are no limits. And Gates, Microsoft, and people like that who've just gone against the odds and just pioneered new technologies. And, and there were people who had a can-do mentality. There weren't people who limited themselves and believed the lies of, well, I'm, I'm, I'm the wrong age, I'm the wrong color, and I'm, the, I'm, I'm in the wrong place, and, and it's, it's my father's fault, and my mother was, you know, thief. So, you know, that's why I, I take steel things. and It's not my fault. And all the time, we get squeezed into the world's image. That's why we've got to be careful what we watch on television. Because there's a culture there. Now, there's nothing wrong with relaxing and watching a good movie. You can also get some good principles. But you can also be inundated with the culture of the world that after you've seen it a hundred times, you start thinking it's okay. Some things that the Bible says aren't okay, you start going, well, it's just the way it is. The scripture says, don't be squeezed into that. Make sure your mind is being renewed. You will know God's will and you'll live that delightful, happy, blessed life that he intends for you. So, I want to share three or four. I don't know how much I'm going to get through this morning, but truths that help us in this journey of renewing our minds. And I hinge it around a scripture, uh, Thessalonians, I forget exactly what verse, it's in here somewhere. Uh, it, it says, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in all things give thanks for this is the will of God. You notice the middle part says pray without ceasing. 
You ask, how do I do that? I've got a job. I've got kids. I've got to concentrate on my work. That praying without ceasing is a lifestyle of just being connected. As you breathe in and breathe, you don't even know you're breathing right now. You didn't even know you were breathing for the last 20 minutes because it's at a subconscious level. And in the same way, you praying without ceasing can only be like that. It can only be this trust relationship of, I know God is good. I know He's with me. And then in situations where you need to call upon His name, you don't have to go, okay, now what verse, where, how do I speak to God again? No, it just is, as you breathe in and you breathe out, you're praying without ceasing. But there's two statements on either side of those. The prefix is rejoice in the Lord always. And the suffix, the second phrase is in all things give thanks. Can you see the connection? It's like a sandwich. So your prayer life is sandwiched by this concept of just rejoice and give thanks for everything. So I love that. for me, that's a starting place of renewing the mind. Last week we looked. Give thanks because with God, nothing is impossible. Give thanks because God can turn all things together for good to those who love Him. Give thanks because as it says in the Old Testament, this shall come to pass. It's not going to be forever. Let give thanks for that. Live with a thankful attitude and a thankful heart. You know, there's an emotion that comes with thankfulness. In the same way, there's an emotion that you feel when you think you could lose that customer that you've been working with. Or when you fear that your position may become redundant. Or your child leaves home and you're not happy with the company that they're keeping. Or you've been trying to have a child or you had a child and something went wrong. And you have this this emotion that attaches. In the same way, when we give thanks, a different emotion comes. It's the emotion of joy. And you know that emotions are very, or psychologists will tell you, emotions are very important in uh, scripting memories and thoughts. Because if a memory or thought is attached to a strong emotion, there's more chance you'll never forget it. That's why a woman that's abused will never forget it because of the strong emotions that were involved. Death of a loved one. In the same way, we think we can come to Scripture and just read it with our front global context. But we've got to have emotion to things we read. And the Scripture tells us how to do that. Rejoice in the Lord. And again, I say rejoice. Give thanks in all circumstances. The joy of the Lord is your strength. You've got to find joy. So several weeks, uh, years back, this teaching was going around. Remember Basil who preached here at the church? Uh, he shared it. It was a teaching going around about laughing at the lies of the devil. And you say, oh, but that's like real psychology. Well, hello. God made you a psychology being. And all the psychologists do is they're discovering how God created you. And some theories agree with others. Same as scientists. They didn't create electricity. They just observed it. And now we use it. Nothing wrong with psychologists. Nothing wrong with doctors. They're just finding out how God did things. And so God is just, it is a principle this, of when you laugh, you change your state of mind. And so this teaching was going around, I think his name was Buckland, Steve Buckland, that's right. And, and, and some guys caught on it because it had some impetus. And be alert to wrong thinking and replace it with truth, laughing at the lie. Be alert to wrong thinking, thinking that's not in line with God's word, feelings of being oppressed when you're not really being oppressed, feelings of just being depressed because you're entertaining thoughts that are out of line with, with truth. Be alert to them and then replace it with truth, but go one step further, laugh at the lie. And that was quite an interesting concept. For example, the, the feeling of I'm too old and it's all over now, but what's the truth? The truth is that Caleb and Joshua went and took mountains into their 80s. And Colonel Sanders, only when he retired and he was given a little check and a watch and said, go home, and he, but he knew he couldn't live off his retirement, thought, I guess I'm going to just do something. So he started selling chicken to the, 
to the mine workers, uh, the factory workers after work. And the rest is history. Hello, Colonel Sanders, ring a bell. KFC, staple diet of Durban. 65, he, he, he only started living. Then he gave his life to the Lord at 70, and he said his life never started until he was 70. 70 is the new 50, man. Come on. But if we be start believing and telling ourselves stories, we've got to laugh at it. So, anyone here over 50, put your hand up. Okay? Now, here's the thought. Sorry, guys. It's all over. You're too old. You got it. I'm going to try it again. If you're over 50, sorry, guys, it's all over because you're too old. <laughs> that felt good. Amen. Let's do another one. Okay. Feelings of, I just messed up too much. And there's got to be a limit to God's forgiveness. I mean, surely, you know, if I look back on my life and the chances he gave, and then I messed that up, and then he gave me another chance, and I rededicated and recommitted and tried again, tried harder. And I'm still messing up in this area and that area. Surely God's grace comes to an end. <laughs> imagine God's grace coming. <laughs> imagine God's mercy not being new every morning. Ah, come on. You know, we need to kind of get some joy. Oh, it feels so put on. Well, put it on until it works, and then it'll get you on. I love that. I, I've uh, found myself at stages since that hearing that message. Like anxiety. Laugh at it. Fear. Oh, it's just going to get worse now. You know, they've left home, and they're never gonna, they can't look after themselves. And Oh, no, they've gone overseas, and oh, what awaits them over there? And, Oh, they haven't gone overseas, and look what awaits them over here. And oh, all the f fear of, oh, now there's a new transition, and the red berets are like 10%, and the this berets, and the And now we just got all fear for our lives. And what do we say to fear? God has not given us a spirit of fear, but love, power, and a sound mind. <laughs> you, mean, you mean God's out of control? <laughs> you mean God can't take control of things? Oh. Has anyone watched that uh, little clip on what happened in Parliament this week? Hey, come on, let's give the Lord a praise. If you haven't, we need to put it, Anita, we must put it on the church Facebook. Uh, the Chief Justice, in front of the whole cabinet now that's been duly appointed, gets on his knees. Because we're going to pray. Pray however you want to, but I'm going to pray how I want to pray. In Jesus' name, Lord, thank you that this, this country is going to be turned around. In Jesus' name, I know there's power. It's going to be released. Things are going to come into life. In Jesus' name. And, and that's not enough. He starts going, Shabbat In Jesus' name, we just bring uh, injustice down. We bring corruption down. We pray for employment. Come on! Laugh at the truth. Sinful thoughts come. You don't have to own it. Just because it came to you doesn't mean it came from you. No, your response is, yeah, that used to be me, but I'm not that person anymore. Hello? <laughs> you mean, you mean, you mean I'm going to go out and smoke kachin now that it's legal? <laughs> Just for old times' sakes. <laughs> I used to be like that. I was so dumb. And the few brain cells I got left, I want to keep because I you know, need them. Now, you know, maybe there's anxiety in your life right now. Maybe there's something to be anxious about. Man, you've got to go to the Word. You've got to get truth. You've got to go to ask someone to, 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 to help you find truth. What does it say about anxiety? It says in all, don't be anxious for anything, but in all things through prayer with thanksgiving. Make your, you've got to get truth to replace, and then you've got to laugh, and you've got to find joy in it, and you've got to replace lies with truth. Amen. Number two, don't let your thinking get out of perspective. Come on. Somebody knows what I'm talking about. That's why the scripture says, bring every thought captive. Because our mind has a way of playing mind games. Man, you needed a size 12 spanner at 
it's not in your box, but you know your tenant has got one, and you think, let me go borrow one. And before you know, your mind's going, I'm probably going to wake him up and he's going to be irritated with me. But hey, I was also irritated when I was sleeping and his car siren went off. So that makes us equal. So I don't care if he's irritated. And he's probably going to say, oh, why don't you buy your own spanners? Okay, well, anyway, I've often loaned him sugar when he hasn't had sugar. So I'm going to go and get that spanner anyway. Nothing's going to hold me back. I'm a man of power and of, of faith and of love. And I go to the house and I knock on the door. And I say, and he opens the door and says, hi. And I go, you know what? Stick your 12, 12 spanner. I don't need it anyway. Now, that's exaggerated. But you know how often we treat life like that? You know how often something happens? Someone didn't greet you. And then the bar man goes, da -da -da -da. they might have heard what I told that person about that person, and now they've got an issue with me. Or you go to the shops, and the lady at the till is, is curt and rude. And you think, oh, you know, typical. You know, it's probably because, of, you know, I'm a pensioner and I take a bit longer. Or, you know, because I speak the wrong language or the brain starts playing these games. For all you know, she got news yesterday that her sister died. And she came to work so depressed and she is going to the funeral this afternoon and she can just barely get through the morning. So she's not Mrs. Sweetie Pie, happy, smile from ear to ear. Hello? Or the pastor who didn't greet you was because the meeting was starting in two minutes and he didn't, he had six people to talk to before the meeting started and he ran through the crowd and he just kind of just greeted you briefly and you think, how rude. But I know what happened. It's because of this and this. And then the mind starts going, and because of that, and because of this. Hello? I didn't get asked to go to that party. I saw on Facebook, they all got together, and there was this party. I had someone this week, heard that my niece's party, and some other people got invited, and she didn't get invited, and I could see she was really upset about it. But the only reason was that, one, what was the reason? She's not really part of the child's life. There's a hundred other people would get invited before her in reality. But you don't want to tell her that. Please don't tell her when you see her. So you see on Facebook there was a party, there was an event, and you were left out. You never cracked the knob. You know, maybe the email got sent to the wrong address. You forgot, they had your old email address. But now your mind's playing tricks. Oh, yeah, it's because they think they're better than us now. It's because he got a promotion at work, and now they're moving in a new echelon. Oh, yes, and they moved to Mslunga Ridge. So now I think they're hoity-toity, and they don't want to spend any time with us Pantown people anymore. So I know, so I don't care about them anyway. I don't care what they think about me. I'm not going to invite them to my party anyway. So and all that happened was I sent to the wrong email address. And they were so disappointed that you weren't there. Hello? There's always another possibility. Don't let your thinking get out of perspective. We had rain damage at our house recently. Did anyone remember the floods of last month? <coughs> and we had some serious ceilings collapsing and blah, blah, blah. And I was feeling all sorry for myself because we just had them painted. And my sister-in-law has got this great little saying. First world problems. That's all she says. First world problems. So, so I got up this morning. I went to the garage. I pushed the button for the, ga the, the garage to come up. As I was reversing, it came down and smashed on my bonnet. Now I've got this big dent in my bonnet. And she'll look at you and say, first world problems. You know who's got real problems? Look at people up North Africa who have lost their homes, their livelihoods, don't know where some of their children are, traveling through the desert, hungry for three days, get on a boat that doesn't reach the other side. I'll show you what's not a first world problem. You see, 
perspective just cleared up right there. Boom, boom. A little bit of rain damage, shame, our roof conked in one side and, and another bank overflowed and a whole lot of plants got washed away and oh, life is so hard and terrible. And then insurance came and miracle of heaven, they have agreed to pay for it. <laughs> Sorry. That's a miracle. They, they didn't find a, a reason not to pay. No. Sorry, if you're in the insurance business, I love you. Don't let it get out of perspective. Lord, I can still thank you for this situation. Because with you, nothing's impossible. Because with you, you even turn all things together for good. Yeah, I'm going to get a new ceiling and repaint it. And Lord, it's going to come to pass. This is not forever. This is just a first world problem. It's temporary. Can you see a, just a different way of thinking about your child right now? Different way of thinking about that new job that you've got to start. Just a new way of thinking about your marriage dilemma. You think you've got it tough. You must go speak to people in other churches. You'll see. We used to travel over to India quite often. It was really an eye-opener. And once we got used to using the toilet, we could continue after the third day without blowing up. It was really difficult at first, but used to it after a while. But I remember Tony Johnson. He led up the work there. He still does. Some guys would come in for the, the, the conferences and to do the mission outreaches. And they would say something like, sure, that bed was hard last night. Eh? Felt like I was sleeping on a plank. Um, and the water this morning, I don't know why, the geezers are broken. Uh, the water was cold. And, and then we went down to eat and oh, the scrambled egg was like army military scrambled egg. Even it was blue on the corners and everything. It was like, and he'd listen to this. And he'd go, you mean you slept under a roof last night? You mean you were off the floor? You had running water. You mean you actually ate something this morning? Hello? Ouch. If you can't say amen, say ouch. If we allow our perspective, they will dominate our lives. We'll be the victim of our own imaginations and our small little first world problems. Beware social media. When you're not invited to something, those pictures... Don't tell you the whole story, okay? People only put their best foot forward in social media. Don't let it depress you. They're living the high life. It's so wonderful. Look how they're going. They just don't show you the in-between ones. They don't take, you know, they take the selfie of when they're sitting at the restaurant, a candle, and the, hey, world, look, we're flying. They don't take all the in-between pictures. Are you stupid woman? Are you stupid woman? Oh, leave me alone. I couldn't get out of my life. Well, you can have a divorce then. Oh, if you want to, I don't care. They don't. So be careful what you see on social media and go, oh, my life sucks. My life is so useless. My life is so dull, dull, and in the dull drums. And everybody else is living the great life that Jesus promised. And Jesus, what about me? Well, maybe some of them are just renewing their minds and you're not. Hello, that's a possibility. Maybe some people are really, by faith, taking access to what God has for their lives because they choose to believe and renew their minds by the word. And if you're not, and then you judge them, the Bible says don't judge each other. One man thinks it's okay to eat meat. See, thinks. Another man thinks it's wrong to eat meat. Served up. What's the key word? Thinks. So don't let him who's thinking that way judge him who's thinking that way and don't let him thinking that way judge him. Simple. Thank you, Apostle Paul. You have just solved a whole lot of our problems right there. Don't let your thinking judge somebody else because his thinking mustn't judge you either. How did I get here, Janet? Let's just go to the... I might only do three this morning. Okay. When this passes, say, when this passes, I will have learned a whole lot of new things both to do 
and not to do. <laughs> That's something to be thankful for. It means we're growing. No problem, no growth. We at the conference in uh, Philippines, and one of the guys that ministered at the conference was the director for Asia and Europe, Reynold Bonker Ministries. Elderly guy, just passionate, even sounds like Reynold Bonker. And Africa will be saved, uh, yeah, in Jesus' name. And, and, he, and he and the Philippines and South Pacific Asia and all that. So afterwards, there was some prayer ministry and different guys were praying. And, and it's always good, like we responded this morning. Well done. You know, sometimes we think, oh, I want to go down to go up there because then they're going to think something. Nobody's thinking. It's an amazing thing that, eh? Nobody's actually really thinking. Everyone's too busy fighting their own battles to worry about you standing up here and thinking, now, I wonder what's going on here. I think they're being naughty. Nobody's thinking about you. When there's an anointing for ministry to take place, respond if you need to respond. Because pride will just hold you back from a breakthrough in your life. Everyone, anyway, so I, I thought I'd better practice what I preach. So I went up to the front to be prayed for. Comes to me. Says, yeah, um, how can I pray for you? He said, yeah, man, I've just been, hey, I've been exhausted. I'm just feeling flat. I'm, I feel like I've used up my energy and I'm just... God, please. So he stops me, like halfway. Yeah. Let me say something, young man. Young man. Let me say something, young man. You need to change the way you're talking. And then he walks to the next person. It's like, oh, mighty man of God, lay hands on me, drive this. Oh, no, joy to fill me, and I'll bounce out of you like a, like a Duracell bunny. And No, I just stood there going, what? And then it all came flooding back. Yes, of course. I have to take responsibility for me because the preacher can't do it. The leader can't do it. Even my wife can't do it. I've got to take responsibility for the way I talk. And if I'm mumbling, grumbling, and being negative, and I don't catch myself, soon I'm going to begin walking in the direction that I'm talking, never rising above my attitude. Now, that doesn't mean we don't go to one another when we're going through hard times. Don't read what I'm not saying into this. There's times where we do go to some, I just needed to hear that. I went, I did, I went, I, I, he did what God told him to do, and I had a big revelation. Change the way you're talking. That's all that can happen. So, if you're going through a depression, be honest, go to somebody. Hopefully, they won't be as curt as that. because you're ugly and your mother dresses you funny. No. Let them pray and say, God, give us a word. Give us a word about this. What, what this where is it coming from? What's this emotion they're dealing with? And if necessary, have a follow-up. I, I, I agree with all those things. I believe in all those things. Just know that out of this situation, I'm going to learn a lesson. I'm going to learn something. I learned something. That day. So now we booked four flights, one domestic, one international, one another international, and another domestic. Our fourth leg, domestic Air Asia, was delayed by two hours. Now, we've got a few days in this place we're staying. And we, when we get, we go and speak to Air Asia and say, Is this, what happened today? And they said, No, this is normal. This is what you'd expect. We realized. Our trip back in a few days' time, we've got like 45 minutes interchange at the international airport. If we're more than 40 minutes late, we're going to miss our international flight. Can you imagine the drama that goes away? Immediately, I'm like, oh, dear Lord. My mind's now buzzing. I see myself getting there late. I see the plane waiting, you know, while they're changing the tires and checking the oil and cleaning the windscreen. And we're standing there in the, in, in, in the car, in the airport. 
support, you know, drinking our 25th cappuccino, shaking, vibrating from the caffeine and saying, please, Lord, please, Lord, we can't miss our international flight, whatever. No, please, please. I've got the, yeah. So I think, you know, by the second day, I'm not, I can't get through this next week with this fear and anxiety. I'm going to the Air Asia office. I want to find out what's going on. How dare their planes be late? I get there. I find one in this little shopping center. I go, lady on her own. She hears my story. She says, yeah, planes are around an hour, hour and a half delayed. It's just the way it is. But sir, you could always pray. I don't know what stung more. That or that little Asian woman, four foot three, with a face shining with Jesus all over it. I'm like, yeah, well, yeah, I knew that. I mean, I'm like a pastor from Africa, yeah, on a mission. Don't you tell me to pray? Like, I don't know I must pray. I mean, come on, everyone knows they must pray. I'll get back to Janet. What I say to you, I said, we are not going to worry another minute of these days we are. Every time that worry comes, we're going to say, thank you, God. You're bigger than the airways. You're bigger than that airplane. And we are getting home on time. For heaven's sake. You have Joshua Mills as a dream to go to the airport with his passport because someone's going to meet him and give him an air ticket to go somewhere. And I can't even trust for a t- plane to be on time. Yeah, wow. That's exactly how I felt. But I learned something through that. I've got a story to tell you now, you see. Whatever you're facing right now and you're going through, why don't you, you know, the plane was on time. In fact, it was so much on time that it was three minutes the plane moved before the time on the ticket. Three minutes early. I, I, I mean, I'm like, you know, I know, you know, God, sometimes, you know, I, I, I feel like you you know, you're never late, Lord. But she said, we should be early sometimes, you know. Three minutes. Janet nudges me. She says, the plane's moving. And there's still three minutes to go. feel sorry for all the guys who came an hour late banging on the windows. Wait, 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 wait. Wait, wait. We were told it's coming an hour. No, no. You looking at your current financial situation and thoughts start coming into your mind and you start putting those thoughts into the negative you've got to take responsibility how you thought and then you've got to do this very simple thing called pray without ceasing in between giving thanks remember you won't do what you don't think you can I learned a lesson from this one, don't book flights too close together. That's a good lesson. Told the story last week about using my credit card. Now I carry a wallet. So my credit card won't just disappear. You see, we can always look at what we're going through as something that's going to teach me something that I didn't know before. When this is passed, there's going to be things I'll know to do and not to do. First time you got a flat tire. It was a problem, right? But did you learn something? Oh, did you phone AA? No. So both my kids, flat tires. Yeah, we can phone AA, but let, let's change it and just watch out, just in case you're ever in this situation. Problem, lesson. Problem, lesson. My daughter left home, was amazed when she came home from work, that her bed was still unmade, that the dishes were in the, expla- in the kitchen, and there was no smell of food. It was like, what happened? How? Mom, what, ha- what have I done wrong? No, she's making her bed, cooking food. In fact, she's a little cuisine expert already. She's cooking delicious meals. Problem, lesson, growth. Problem, if we viewed every time we faced an obstacle, this is going to put something into my life that's going to develop a new skill, that's what I'm expecting, and that's what I'm thankful for. Not the flat tire. I'm thanking for the skill. Not for the daughter that leaves home and can't cook yet, but for the skill. I'm going to give you thanks in that situation. I'm going to give you, no matter what drama 
what obstacle is in front of me right now. I'm going to look beyond that and say, thank you, Lord. I'm going to learn a new thing. I'm going to learn a new skill. I'm going to, etc., etc., etc. Should I stop here, babe? I'm going to wrap it up. I'm going to wrap it up. One last story. Janet and I get married. We feel God calling us to ministry. We pray about it. We get a clear word. It's confirmed. This is 35 years ago. Took it to our, sent our applications off to School of Missions in Nelspruit. We even made a trip. We were expecting to go there. We heard the teaching about submitting to your leaders because they watch over you and care for you. We did that. We thought they would just rubber stamp what we'd already decided. You know, like when people come to you, Pastor, would you pray about marrying us? Uh, the date is the 21st of September. It's like, well, what do you want me to pray about? You've already made a decision. You know, Pastor, um, we, we, we want some counsel about going overseas. Um, what do you think? Uh, because we're leaving next week. Oh, why bother? Make up your own mind. God bless you as you go. You want counsel, you suspend a little bit. So we went to our leaders and we said, look, this is what we're feeling. This is what we want to do. We want to send our applications off. And in fact, we had. And they went and prayed and came back and said, we, no, we don't think this is for you guys. We really felt that you should be going to Hatfield in Pretoria. Told you the story. Our military background came to mind, standing guard duty all night. Horrible memories came to my mind. But we were submissive enough to take the advice, went to Pretoria, got through the first term, and I got called into the dean's office. And he sat there with the, one of the other lecturers, profs, and they said to me, you know, you're going to be here for a long time. Now. You know, it's a four-year master's uh, degree course, and uh, yeah, honors, and uh, are you sure you're at the right? because you have failed miserably this term. And we can see you're clearly not academic. Maybe you should go to like a, like a different type of college and not do formal. I said, no, I believe we submitted it. God, we prayed. God gave us a word. He opened up the door. Let me tell you the story about how the flat we got. And I, I just knew this was God. And I, they were confused. And I was so confused. And I remember going back, Janet, did we make a mistake? What are we doing? just felt the Lord say to me, did I tell you to come or didn't I? I said, I believe you did, Lord. He said, then what you pity partying about? Come on. There are little pity parties when other people don't see us the way they see them, we see ourselves. You know? Like the other day, I, said, I used the word capacity. I was talking to someone and said, your capacity is being built. And then a few weeks later, he said, I was really hurt when you told me that I don't have any capacity. I'm thinking, what? Take it on the chin. Maybe you've got something that you're going to learn through this trial, through this disappointment. When people say things about you that maybe don't line up with your estimate of yourself. And in it, I could clearly heard the Lord say, I told you to come. And I said, yes, Lord. It meant I just had to work a little bit harder. One of the old pastors used to be a zip, Nolan. He still comments. He says, when we were all out going out, Steve was in the office and the lights were still on and the door was locked. Because I just had to work a little bit harder. And I finished my degree cum laude, 80%. And I'm saying this not because for one minute I want to attract attention to myself. Get that clear. Because I know my limitations. But I want to say to someone sitting here this morning, you needed to hear that story. Because you need courage right now. Because you feel like God has told you something about your life. And then other people have come along and said something different. And you're starting to question what God told you in the first place. Some of you are thinking less of yourselves and lower than you should be. You're aiming for middle ground when God called you to upper ground. And this morning there's a key in your hands. I'm telling you what, if you take this 
these principles and say, I'm going to start renewing my mind to the Word of God. I'm going to see every challenge that comes as just another opportunity to develop new skills, new focus, new uh, courage. Then this message was for you this morning. Amen. Every situation that comes your way, you can laugh at the lies and replace it with truth. And keep things in perspective. Don't let them get out of hand and start becoming mountains out of molehills. And you can rejoice. And again, I say rejoice. Because you are going to learn something new. You are going to get through this. You are going to look back one day and say, I'm glad I put in the, effort, the extra effort. Sit back. Well, you know, I'm just entitled to, to free everything. Because, you know, I'm just entitled got news for you. Government doesn't have any money. Out of money. The only money it gets is from people like you who work and pay tax. Hello? Entitlement. This, well, you know, I want to start out at life at 18. Why didn't you buy me a new car like my friend Dad? You know, how come they got a, a house and we don't have a house? How come it, you're just going to have to work a little bit harder? You're just going to have to put in a little bit more effort? Because nothing is for gratis, free, and for nothing. It takes effort and a little bit of hard work. But if you apply yourself and you don't just blame others and bemoan your own situation that I'm entitled and it's not fair, God will make a way where there is no way. And he will move mountains that you could never move yourself. Can you stand up and say amen this morning? Lord, we thank you that as these truths filter into our spirit, we will begin thinking differently. I pray that as the word takes root, our minds will move into a new gear where the, the key unlocks that door and the abundance of God comes streaming in. So I pray for my, myself, Lord. I pray for my friends. I know there's a battle going on in our minds. I'm aware for some it feels like, God, I just, I've battled this and I've battled this and I, I've tried these things and I've tried and I read that and I. And I've still got this battle in my mind. I pray for those people right now, Lord. You see, they stand before you and they say, God, I don't even know if I can do this. Definitely not in my own strength, Lord. I've fought these battles. I've fought these fears. I've fought these inferiorities. I've fought this guilt for so long, but still it keeps coming back. Lord, I pray for those people right now. I pray for freedom in their minds. I pray for boldness in their hearts. I pray for a new perspective of your reality for their lives. I pray, Lord, what they can't do, you can do in Jesus' name. Can you say amen? What you can't do, he can do, and he will do. If you say, God, I want to see my mind lined up with what you did in my spirit. And God's people said, amen and amen. Amen.